Hey everybody, welcome to Busted Business Bureau. I'm Christian Borky. Asia and I recorded this episode a long time ago, and I realized when I was listening back to it that we provided absolutely no context as to what we were talking about. We just sort of jumped right in. So I wanted to provide some context in post. But before I do, I have a few announcements. First and foremost, I have a live show coming up on my birthday, October 1st, 2022. It's going to be a live version of the podcast. I already have an episode planned. I have a guest track down. It's going to be the most fun experience in the world. It's at the Lincoln Lodge Theater in Chicago. The tickets are on Eventbrite. They're also in the description of this podcast. They're only 15 bucks. You should come on out. I am so fucking excited for it. It's literally a dream come true. So get your tickets to Busted Business Bureau Live. It's only happening that one time and it's on my birthday, so you have to. Secondly, I have a season finale planned for season two. I don't know when I'm going to make the season finale, though, as in I don't know how many episodes I want this season. Inspiration keeps striking, and I just keep being a genius. Can't help it. But my patrons are the people who picked my season finale. So if you want to be part of that, you should join my Patreon at Busted Biz Bureau. That's the same as all my social media handles. Yeah, it's a fun little thing on there. So if you want to be part of picking future episodes, that's how you do it. Finally... Today's episode is about Second City. It was specifically about a show that Second City did years ago. And I'd be remiss to not mention that Second City performers are forming a union right now. On Instagram, it's at Second City Workers. You can go check that out for all the things they're asking for. It's really an enlightening read all all across their Instagram. So I highly recommend it. So... The context for today's episode is that Second City years ago had an ETC show called A Red Line Runs Through It. The way a sketch comedy show works is that the actors, the six of them, and the director get together and over the course of a few months will write sketches together, put it on a stage as part of a review. So this is an original review that happened years ago that ended in controversy when one of the white cast members had filed a complaint against Second City for allowing racist behavior against him to continue unchecked. So by doing that, they were providing an unsafe workplace. And in this lawsuit, Asia's name was mentioned as the sole aggressor of all of this racism against this white man. So she found my podcast. She was on it. This whole thing is going to be talking about that complaint because what a Google notification to wake up to. So that's what we'll be talking about today. Please enjoy this episode of the Busted Business Bureau. Bye. Welcome to the Busted Business Bureau bonus episode. I have an insane story. The Busted Business Bureau lore goes very deep on this one. (laughs) So I made an episode about IO Theater, and I quoted Sharna Halpern saying something like, referring to a reverse discrimination lawsuit at a comedy theater. And when I tried to investigate those claims, I, I thought she was talking about it in the specific context of gender discrimination, of which I was able to find nothing. <laughs> but that led to the bonus episode about Alfred Rava, the men's rights lawyer who makes a killing off of reverse gender discrimination lawsuits in California. I had a listener who heard this episode and immediately tweeted at me, is this episode about me? <laughs> Before hearing that it was about like a reverse gender discrimination lawsuit. And it turns out this person was named in a lawsuit, a reverse racial discrimination lawsuit uh, against Second City. <laughs> for um, reasons that we will talk about, but it is my friend, Asia Lachey. (laughs) Yes, here. (laughs) 
Hear from the internet. <laughs> that was like such a weird moment. I was like, do 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 do, listening to podcasts about business. Wait, what? <laughs> Huh? Hold on. Yeah, how did that feel to almost have an episode? You now have an episode about you. Because how did it feel to almost have an episode about you? Because it was like the most recent episode, too, when I was listening to it. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was like, what kind of cliffhanger of a ding-dongle? <laughs> what kind of ka-wink-a-dinkle? It was a little, it was very weird. <laughs> so, Asia, you were part of the 2016 Second City ETC show called A Red Line Runs Through It. Ah, yes. Classic. Which... Uh, was mired in scandal, apparently. Which is wild, because, uh, like, honestly, such a fantastic show. They that's don't talk, amazing to hear. They don't talk enough about, like, how hilarious it was. So funny. I'm sure. I just wish I was in the city to have watched it, because <sighs> I remember hearing about this, because I started doing, like, a Second City class in 2017 or whatever, so I'd heard oh, whisperings ooh. around the building about it. Yeah. Oh, my Zoom background is a little flashback to 2015 Second City. It's the fire! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just remember just, like, that is so funny. <laughs> but yeah, in, in the 2016 production, A Red Line Runs Through It, um, it was a, quote, uh, uh, quote, the majority of the cast of this program was minority, which is a hilarious sentence from the lawsuit that I'm reading. Uh, <laughs> it's like it was an, like, it's like, is that an insult? Like, I don't know how you mean, like, like, how do you mean it? Is it a slur? I mean, are women considered minorities? I guess, but we're the gender majority. There's more women than men, right? Like in in the world? Well, because they were, I mean, because I don't even know if that's a true statement there. That might be the first debatable claim because it it was you, another black woman, two white women, an East Asian man, and a white man. That was the cast? Right. So there's three white people in it. Yeah. So I guess they, they have to be counting women as the yeah, which, as minorities. Which is not correct. So <laughs> one strike against this lawyer. I mean, I could really pick this entire lawsuit apart. but <laughs> <laughs> And this complaint was uh, a, the plaintiff of the complaint was a cast member. One mm-hmm. of the white, uh, the white man. The only of white a red man. Line runs through it. That is a true fact. And the defendant is Second City. This the defendant is not Asia Lachey. The defendant I is Second need, City. I was just talking shit in the background the whole time, because I wanted both sides to lose. <laughs> so they didn't. They never asked me to do anything. I think I got one phone call about it, and I was like, "Well, actually," <laughs> and they were like, "You know what? We just gonna mm, we don't, we shouldn't even bring her into this because she gonna make every she's gonna she's go, she has all the secrets." <laughs> She has nothing to lose. She's a wild cannon. She's a, she's unhinged. She's a troublemaker. So. I feel that. The EEOC, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, issued a notice on the right to sue on charge number, and then there's a whole number, received it on September 6th of 2017. So that is when this was, I assume, going on. You said you got a Google alert on your phone that this was happening. How mm-hmm. did you find out, and how, how did you process this? Did you know it was coming? The show ended the year before... Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, I didn't. It was pretty much out of nowhere. Because, like, I got, like, the Google alert. Because I guess when you file the lawsuit, it's public record. Mm-hmm. So, and which is funny because they spell my name wrong a lot in the lawsuit. They do. I was going to mention it. They don't spell your name right. Right. <laughs> and so I think it was, like, a, a source that picked up that lawsuit and corrected it. <laughs> that maybe, <laughs> like, was the actual Google alert. Or maybe it's like they spelled my name right once in the lawsuit. I'm not sure. But mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely just woke up to that and was just like, what? 
Did you feel nervous? I, I was still like in my early, in my middle, tw- like mid twenties. I was like twenty five or something. Like mm. I don't know. It was weird. I didn't really know what was happening because I'm just kind of like, what is happening? Like because none <laughs> of it really made any sense. And like mm-hmm. even if you read the lawsuit, you just kind of like, I still don't actually know what's. What are you? I'm so happy that you mentioned that. Let's read the law. Let's read the complaint. It's so confusing. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to, I guess I'm just not going to say his name in this. I'm just going to say redacted. I have no reason to do that. It just seems like someone's a litigious fellow. So I'm going hey, to it's, Like I said, that. you can Google me. It's easily Googleable. Yeah. <laughs> like it's you all in my Google alerts. You can find this information very easily. <laughs> um, but redacted was a Caucasian actor. This is the fact part of the complaint. Was, uh, was a Caucasian actor under contract with the second city. I guess he's no longer Caucasian. Mm, that's up for yeah i think you can do that now i think rachel dolezal got us that right (laughs) at the supreme court (laughs) he first became involved in with the second city in 2006 when he started taking classes through it okay caveat i'd like to note that in 2006 i was a sophomore in high school okay so that's the age difference between me and this old ass man Wow. Never even thought about it like that. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Good context. He became involved with his first production in Second City in 2010. Some students develop their skills to the point that Second City places them under contract for one or more of their professional endeavors. In 2015, he came under contract with Second City as a writer for commercial programs. Here's the part that I think is interesting. Quote, typically actors will have three to four resident stage contracts with Second City before taking their careers elsewhere. Again, this is in the facts section, which is bizarre to put in the facts section. Yeah, because there are some very important, like as of late, as of the last couple of years, that was not the case. Mm -hmm. They were moving away from that being the expected thing. But it was also, that's not how contracts work. You know? yeah, it's not. It's just not. They're for like, a period of time for a reason. You are, I, I assume the contract is what, like an independent contractor, right? Like you are just, you're booked for your one it show. Was, well, it's union. So yeah, I guess through the union, it's whatever. It's some type of union job, mm-hmm. like through actors equity. So, but sure. But when you do like something at Steppenwolf, let's say you sign right, up for right. the play and you are contracted right. to like do rehearsals for that play. Exactly. Yeah. It's not like a. You're not in contract with Second City indefinitely, mm-hmm. like the company. You're like, yeah. for this show, for this period of time. Mm-hmm. And then maybe they and might extend the dates and stuff like that. But like, even that is kind of in the contract. Like, these are the things that they might be able to do. So you're in a show. You're in A Red Line Runs Through It. You uh-huh. want to be in the next one. You have to mm-hmm. audition for that, right? Like, you have to audition to be in the next one? Or do they yeah. co- contact you? So like, with the resident stages at Second City, you don't audition unless like you'll you can they'll have auditions for like understudy sometimes but typically you're just chosen by whoever is picked to direct that review oh okay so it can be there's not like a traditional path towards it which I think is Mm -hmm. like maybe some of the reason why there was some tension around me being there Hmm. because I spent a much shorter amount of time at Second City than a lot of people, and I was a lot younger than a lot of people, mm-hmm. but I had prior relationships with the, like I had worked with the director of that show before, and I had understudied that stage for like multiple mm. shows. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I just, like there are different ways to do things, but I also, like I said, I was a, I was a musical theater kid. I had been on stage since I was three, so it's not yeah. like I hadn't been performing. I was a very, very established performer by that time yeah. I just was new to Chicago and new to Second City 
but like yeah. I had the skill set, so I wasn't really tripping about it. And most people weren't either, but some mm-hmm. people were. Some people were, it seems. <laughs> some people were. But the the thing that I have issue with in this uh, complaint is that it's quote typically actors will have three to four resident stage contracts uh, before moving on to other endeavors. Quote second si- or uh, and then the, the sentence immediately preceding that is that he has done seven contracts at Second City, including resident stage shows. So if it's typically actors will do three to four, mm-hmm. and he has but his done old seven. ass has done so many, and then so where are your other endeavors? And then most of the complaint is that he was not rehired after this particular show. And, and that so, is a whole thing on its own. Like, yeah, but, every part of it kind of collapses. Yeah, it doesn't, like, it just like, logist, it literally doesn't make sense with the numbers you presented. You didn't have to say that. You didn't have to say typically actors will have three to four stage residencies before moving on. And then yeah. say that you had seven and then say, and they didn't offer another contract. Like, <laughs> Yeah, you could have left that for like the trial. You could have asked that question if it was important. Because honestly, it makes it look worse yeah and it's kind of like confusing as well and it's just like Mm -hmm. okay girl well showbiz baby that's not how it works but let's talk about the the offenses let's get into (laughs) it the suffering this man had had to go through i'm gonna lie blunt (laughs) (laughs) during the course of the program one of the african-american cast members and then your name is true (laughs) aya embarked upon a campaign of racial harassment this included. <clears throat> I love the fact that it's a campaign. Like that it, makes it seem like I planned, like like I had, like a campaign manager and like buttons <laughs> and like signs, and I was like, "We don't like this white man." I was the campaign manager, actually. <laughs> it was a really well-paying job. Honestly, <laughs> I did. The thing is, like, all of this is true. <laughs> uh, I'm joking, so obviously. Here are some of the offenses: A, calling him white Jesus. Mm. B. Stating that she, quote, wishes that all white people were dead. Mm. <laughs> C, threatening to, quote, slap the shit out of him, mm. in parentheses, presumably because he is Caucasian. D. That presumably is up, what gets me. <laughs> D, holding up a sign that says, I hate honkies during a show, and then explaining backstage that, quote, what the audience doesn't know is I mean, I hate white people. <laughs> I, like, honestly, reading this back, like, I'm in love with this lawsuit. It's my favorite piece of literature. <laughs> so good. Like, e. I should just make this my bio. <laughs> E, calling him a cracker. F, complaining that the show was a white-ass show. G, stating that they should shoot him, again, presumably because he's Caucasian. And then H, this is the, the, I assume, the one that was the most contentious, physically throwing her shoulder into his chest during a show. The fact that some lawyer had to sit there and type all that out. Like, white Jesus. And and now... Here's the thing. Now we're now, and the fact that we're about to sit here and go through each and every one of these claims with a very fine tooth comb. Okay. So mm-hmm. starting with A, what was A uh-huh. again? Calling him white Jesus. Called him white Jesus. Okay. I first of all love Jesus. <laughs> would never insult Jesus that way. So yeah, I don't. I like, but I don't actually. I don't recall that conversation ever happening. But mm-hmm. when somebody said that to me, I was like, oh, that makes sense because I couldn't. A lot of this stuff, I know what he's talking about, but this, that one in particular, I was like, mm. And why is why that Jesus? the leading one? I feel like of all, let's assume for a second all this is true. It seems like putting your shoulder into his chest during a show would be the most offensive one. Why was that not the first one? Why was white Jesus it's a grand, the first it's a, one? You had to build up to that. It's the, the grand uh, finale. Like, here's this bully. Let's show how mm. mean she is so that you can believe that even though she's five foot two, 
But if you led with that, they'd be like, well, let's see this girl. And then you have to pull up a picture of me next to him. And you'd be like, well, this isn't like her shoulder actually reaches his yeah. chest. But, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, that one's wrong. Stating that she, quote, wishes that all white people were dead. <laughs> now, I don't. The thing about that statement is that, like I said, half the cast is white. Uh-huh. The director is a white man as well. Mm. Um, the, the stage manager was a white woman as well. Brave. And so I don't know what context I would be saying that, and it would only be about him, mm-hmm. me bullying him, unless I meant, like, yeah. in general, I wish all white people were dead, and, like, all the white people in the room were like, us too, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, those kind mm-hmm. of phrases where you're just like, white people are the worst, and all the white people mm-hmm. are like, we are. But, like, it's a, we're at a comedy theater, and it's a joke. So, like, if that statement were to have happened, it might have been in that context but like it's mostly important to know who else was there (laughs) yeah (laughs) because like i don't understand why he's the only one getting bullied i also would want to emphasize what you said that it is a comedy theater like yeah which is mentioned many times in in the complaint which is another thing i wanted to go through these because some of these jokes are really funny and he butchered them damn it and i need justice (laughs) For how hilarious I am. I'm really funny. I had that job for a reason, okay? Yeah. Yeah. See, threatening to slap the shit out of him, presumably because he is Caucasian. And that presumably is where he would have got fucked up. Because would I threaten to slap the shit out of someone? Probably. Mm-hmm. If someone was also exhibiting wild, inappropriate behavior. Mm-hmm. Because slapping the shit out of someone is obviously inappropriate behavior. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he would just show up white and I'd be like, I gotta slap the shit out your <laughs> white ass because then I would be obligated to slap the shit out of every white person to get the white off of all of them. And we're talking about an improv theater in the Midwest, you guys. There's a lot of white people that There's I would have to ground slap to if it were just for being white, presumably. Presumably. You presumed pres- wrong, my guy, because I'm sure wrong. I said specifically why I would slap the shit out of you if I were to threaten to slap the mm-hmm. shit out of you. It probably mm-hmm. followed you doing something equally as ridiculous if it were mm-hmm. to happen. But if it were to happen. Anyway, what else did I say? Because I Let's was see. Hold crazy. You held up a sign that says I hate honkies during the show. Which this is, is true. This is 100 percent true. I held up a sign that said, I hate honkies. And then in parentheses, it said, but not that kind. (laughs) And I'd like to tell the story of why I hate honkies. So I'm so ready. One of the the, um, show-stopping moments of this show, of A Red Line Runs Through It, was what I think we called woke prov. I I'm already sold. It was basically this like improv exercise where um, we would get a suggestion of a pet peeve that somebody has, like an innocuous pet peeve. Mm-hmm. And then we would like do this big improvised musical protest number about oh. that thing. And so I would start it off and like do like a little rhyming thing. 
and you know choreography people are doing everybody has their part and at one point yeah. I would go backstage and I had this like picket sign on a dry erase board and right. I would write a like a, a phrase that we could all chant that involved this thing and so okay. I'd come back on stage and we would pick it and everybody would like read the sign and start chanting which was always fun for me because like then the game for me was be like make my castmates break Right. Uh -huh. Like try to come up with a funniest sign that they would like have to read, like laugh and then like have to start <laughs> chanting. So that's how we lead. So yeah. this night, the suggestion was people who honk their horns. <laughs> Wait, so my comedic, comedic, brilliant genius, Asia Lachey comes out with my picket sign that says, I hate honkies, but not that kind. And everybody, like, one by one has to read this and is, like, fucking, like, collapsing, like, trying to, like, I hate honkies, but not that kind. I hate honkies, but not that kind. It was so funny. And so then when I came backstage, I go, but what the audience doesn't know is that I hate white people. <laughs> and me and all the other white people there burst out laughing because it's fucking funny. That's hilarious. It's funny. It is so funny it is so funny oh oh my god it is one of my favorite like as far as improv moments i don't remember anything that happens because my brain is a vacuum but that moment because there was like a physical evidence of the sign and like it was just so that was a really fun phrase to chant over and over again i hate honkies but not that kind i hate honkies but not that kind <laughs> And the fact that, but not that kind, did it? Oh my into that God! Lawsuit? Exactly. So funny. Justice for my jokes. Justice. <laughs> it's because so funny. That really reek. I didn't know. I didn't know anything of what you're telling me. Because that makes that the button. That makes the tag work. It makes the button. But what they don't know is that I meant white people. Because yeah. keep in mind, this audience is also predominantly white. This is like Midwestern yeah. tourists. Like this is the tourist mm -hmm. theater. So like. It is really funny with the context of how many white people were chanting, I hate honkies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's, uh, that's, what I miss about, that's what I miss about improv, making white people do things that amuse me. Mm. <laughs> it's time to get back into the game. <laughs> man, oh, gosh. I, was, I, yeah, I haven't wanted to improvise in a while, but now that I'm remembering all the things that I got to get white people to do, this is a good time. <laughs> Oh, oh man, that is good stuff. That's so fucking funny. <laughs> okay, what else? I think that's maybe right. my favorite joke. <laughs> uh, calling him a cracker. Okay, um, I called him cracker probably eighty times throughout the course of the show. The show is full of me calling him cracker. Like the show is mostly okay. Cause here's what happened. So um, when it's time to make someone the butt of a joke, it's easy for it to be him because he's like has very confident air about him. Yeah. So what I learned in my time on the show is that he had understudies. And a lot of times when the understudies would come in the show and we would be mean to the understudies, they, the audience wouldn't laugh as hard. Yeah, as like hit as well. But like the way Second City shows are made is that we try stuff out in front of the audience. Yeah. Like, well, sometimes it's improv, sometimes like we have like an idea and sometimes it's scripted or whatever, but we try it out in front of the audience and if the audience likes it, then it pretty much stays and we kind of like tweak it and stuff. That's like what the director is in charge of. But mm -hmm. um, the director is a white man. The audience are mostly white people. Like people <laughs> love it when he was bullied, regardless of whether it was me or anybody else. Mm -hmm. So 
And I would also, you mentioned this, but like you're all writing the show together. And so yeah. presumably he's involved in the writing process. Yeah, like, definitely. In which the At no point did he come up. <laughs> yeah, if he said, I was not, I'm not comfortable being called a cracker, then it, then it would have been a discussion. But at mm-hmm. no point did he say that to me. Actually, here's my favorite, here's something that did make it into the show, but this is mm-hmm. like probably the most ridiculous use of me calling him a cracker. Um, <laughs> And it was under the con- like it was under the context of like being ridiculous. Sometimes towards the end of the show, when we're almost done with it, and we're just kind of like, the director would be like, just do some dumb stuff. Like, what are the dumbest like blackouts or whatever? Like, get on mm-hmm. stage and do like the dumbest jokes, like quick jokes. So I had this one really dumb quick joke that um, it was like me and the other black girl, and the white guy was like, like dead on the ground, basically like he's in a coffin or something. Yeah. And so. Um, we walk on stage and the other girl is like, I thought you said we were going to Cracker Barrel. And I said, no, I'm going to this. I said, we were going to this Cracker's Burial. You honky! And I just like scream into the ground. And like in rehearsal, it was like, it's like just the dumbest, like just very dumb, right? Yeah, so I was just dumb. like, oh man, like we're fucking dumb. And so um, as we're like coming up with what we're gonna, actually gonna do in the real show that night, um, the director's like, fuck it, do Cracker Barrel. And I was just like, whatever, like, dude, what? Like, the director, he's like a troll, so he's like, just kind of yeah. did, like, just, audience goes crazy. Audience <laughs> fucking loses their mind. They laughed so hard for so long. <laughs> for so long that he keeps it in the show until opening night. Like, up until the last night, we were just like, you are not keeping this in there. You are not keeping it in there. But he was just like, it just keeps it, like, it keeps it, the audience. Oh. And oh I, part of it, I think, is just like a novelty of just like, why is the audience laughing so hard at this? This is the dumbest joke. But every single night, they lost their minds. They love saying that this cracker's burial, you honky! Like, so all those it, white people. It made it into the show? No, like, basically, it's, it's like in process up until opening night, which is like when the reviewers mm-hmm. or whatever come. And that's the official show, and it doesn't change after that. So, like, uh-huh. right until the night oh, before, okay, got cut last second. like, our last, like, run before the real show debuts, like, yeah. <laughs> that, it was, yeah, it didn't make it to the actual show. That's, I was just like, if, there's, it's not on a recording anywhere that I know of, or, like, nobody mm-hmm. actually saw it. It's really dumb. It didn't make sense in the show of anything, but it was just, like, a little inside joke that the audience just really likes when people scream in this man's face. Mm-hmm. Not because he's white. Yeah. Like, I don't know why. They just mm-hmm. feel, they feel like he needs to be yelled at. So. <laughs> I think it's also interesting that despite all of the director's influence, i.e. keeping it into the show and like keeping all those, that is never mentioned. The only thing that's mentioned is the aggression of a black woman against him. Because I was not allowed to do anything on stage mm-hmm. that was not approved by our director. I mean, it is improv, mm-hmm. but he watches it until it, like, once it is done and set, then he leaves. Mm-hmm. But everything that made it into the show, all of the times that I call him Cracker, was approved by a fellow white man. And if you were going to make this argument, which he is in this lawsuit, that it's a workplace, you know, workplace emotional safety issue, why is, it, why is that not the direction that you go? You know? Like, uh-huh. why is it? Why is it this 5'2 beat me up? Like, this little 5'2 girl, like, she beat me up. How, why mm-hmm. is that? Why is that? Yeah. I, Physical I, assault, really? 
Okay. It's interesting to have picked you as like me. The, yeah. <laughs> a, a pick me, one would say. I mean, but I, hey, man, the, the black woman trope goes deep. Like, mm-hmm. they will really believe that I can hulk out and just, like, do all types of things. And I'm just like, okay, girl, whatever your internalized massage noir got going on. God. It, it's, it, it really, I, I feel like I've been on a pendulum back and forth between, like, absolutely delighted and just, like, horrified and frustrated. The absurdity you know? of it, yeah. Yeah. To be in your mid-20s and to read this about yourself and to be like, so now what do I have to do? So did you have to, like, you didn't have to testify. You were just on a phone call, right? Mm-hmm. Well, no, I got, I think I got, like, a phone call from Second City's lawyers. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think this made it to a lawsuit, right? This just stated as, as a complaint and a judge I don't, threw it out. I didn't hear anything else about it, so. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Is that it sounds stupid, so. <laughs> if I saw it, I'd be like. You shouldn't have ever filed this. Now it's public record. Now somebody's going to yeah. talk about it on a podcast. <laughs> That's kind of the chain of events. That is, in fact, what happened. <sighs> so how did you move on after this? How, how long after did you, did you move to L.A.? How long did you think about this? Wait, was that the end of it? Was there another joke in no, there was a um, white-ass show. You called it a white-ass show. Oh, okay. I didn't know. Because I was going to say, because there was, like, another one that kind of, like, and that you would shoot him back because- to, oh, the one about me shooting him. Yeah, that's, like, another thing that, like, the director like i don't shoot him mm-hmm. like as a bit while we were when we would when we would like talk about sketches or whatever and we'd like have a thing we'd be like oh we don't know how to end this scene and sometimes i'd be like mm, no no I'll just shoot him in the face or like you know mm-hmm. just like shoot him in like it's random it's whatever yeah and then when we were working on the finale of the show our director was like and then yeah we'll have him walk out and White girl, shoot him in the face. And I was like, <laughs> like it was a, it was a Chris Pratt like the Parks and Rec gift where he's just like, oh, really? <laughs> like I said, like our director's a troll. Like yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's the other part that just made me think about that. Just like him in reference of like, it wasn't just me who thought it was just like really funny to just bully the white man because of white. We live in a white patriarchy. Like, what, leave me alone. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not exactly. the only one. Ugh. So, yeah, I guess, okay, so the logistics of this timeline also was, like, um, the, when the, when he, the night, the, uh, the alleged assault mm-hmm. happened, mm-hmm. he went home, like, in the middle of the show because of an injury, mm. I was told at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, which is fine because he had an understudy. Um, mm-hmm. But, and then like the next day I got a call on my day off that was like, you need to come have a meeting. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. sounds about right. Mm-hmm. And then in the meeting they were like, um, we heard you beat up your coat, your castmate. That's inappropriate. You can't do that no more. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, that obviously did not happen. That sounds mm-hmm. ridiculous. That is absurd. Why do you think that I would do that to him mm-hmm. and not the other way around if we're talking about physical assault? Like, I don't have mm-hmm. the ability to do that. Um, and they were just like, well, there's no way to prove it, so you guys got to, like, work it out. And I was like, no. <laughs> so I quit. And also, here's all of the illegal things that y'all have done and, like, how dare y'all y'all lucky I don't sue everybody because I didn't have the money or ability or privilege to do that but like I knew I had a union job 
And I yeah. knew if I was like a little more of an adult and my mental health was like a little more stable at the time, then I would have like filed actual charges that made sense mm. based off of like just their like workplace negligence, which is like when I mentioned Second City's lawyers called me, there's a part of this lawsuit that makes sense where he says that he complained about harassment and y'all didn't do anything about it. Yeah, and, and there's, there's no clear structure of like, uh, pe- like people you can complain to. Yeah, know? and I was like, like that which, part's true. Absolutely valid, yeah. Because we be complaining and nothing gets done. So mm-hmm. that's probably why it didn't, like, I never really heard anything about it after that. Because it's just like, mm-hmm. not to be on his side or anything, but also... Mm-hmm. Like you shouldn't is- have a business anymore. Mm-hmm. So shut this business down because you don't have a protocol. If I did harass him, nobody would care, even though I didn't. But even if mm-hmm. I did, if I was getting harassed, nobody certainly nobody cares. Would- yep. So that, so I quit. Mm-hmm. And well, I gave my two weeks notice, but it was a week before my vacation anyway. So I was like, here's a two weeks notice. It's a one week's notice. I'm just not coming back from my vacation. So mm-hmm. peace out. It was really like that day or it was like the day after sort of thing? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I was mad they made me come up there on my day off. I was so upset. Um, <laughs> we do six shows a week. I was tired. Uh, yeah. So that happened. And I was like, this is absolutely absurd. So the fact that y'all would do that makes me very comfortable quitting immediately. So I took the L. And it was a yeah. huge L financially. Really? A huge L. I was oh, not okay. in a state. Like I had. Yeah. It was not great for me. It was really a bad time for me to have to take that kind of L. And so back to your question about the recovery. Yeah, that was, it was not great timing. And then for that lawsuit to come up like a year later, also Mm. very bad timing. Yeah. Very bad timing. Yeah. I was like at a pretty important job interview (gasps) that week. So that wasn't a fun Google result to have pop up. That's oh, what I no. feel like. That's what I'm just like. Is this a conspiracy? Like, what the fuck? Oh my god, that is fucking crazy. The yeah, the everything, the everything was, that you. <laughs> a journey. Yeah, it was a time. What a time to be alive. Improv ruins lives. You guys don't take this improv stuff lightly. It ruins lives. <laughs> This is my that Leah is Remini. One of the main ethos, one of the main talking points of this podcast is that don't do improv. Yeah, don't do improv. It's a cult. <laughs> and the show after that was, well, I mean, during that too, was extraordinarily well received. Ultimately, a different cast member also left. The East Asian man had left. Um, this is what the other the black news. woman also left. Aha. So it was. So all the people of color left. Mm hmm. Uh, a show Not a coincidence. Mind by controversy. Yeah, very, a lot. A lot of controversy. And that's not even like, like the things leave, like that was, my situation was like one part of a bigger problem of mm-hmm. just things that were happening at that institution at that time. Mm-hmm. I felt in 2016, that's, we're like, we're like fresh off of like Ferguson. It's like very politically tumultuous or whatever mm-hmm. and at like our house staff love second city house staff like all of the house staff was so great but at some point they were told that to, to stop being so hard on the guests when they're having fun or something <laughs> like that from what i heard allegedly like and we're serving alcohol so it's kind of like 
if ju- if guests get rowdy and drunk, usually it was nipped in the bud pretty quickly. But then we yeah. all kind of started to feel like that wasn't really happening. And we were like, that doesn't seem like the house staff. My house staff were just like, we're not supposed to say anything. We were yeah. told that like we were a little too, like we need to hang back. And what that resulted in is just like the audience screaming slurs at us, which is like not an okay thing to do. Okay. And so yeah. when we bring stuff up like that, like this is the first time you've had so many minorities on a stage at once. Like the fir- like you have a gay Asian man on stage who has a solo piece that's getting heckled in ways that are unprecedented, in ways that oh, nobody God. else gets heckled. Like everybody, everybody was just like the way that they are, the way the audience responds to this gay Asian man is unique, and we need to address that because he has a piece by himself, and he is getting like the it's derailing what was the, the piece show. And why was it getting heckled? What, did it require audience interaction? Like kind of he because like I mean. The comedian himself, like, he's kind of antagonistic, like the character that he was playing. Yeah. But like his comedy is like very in your face. It's mm-hmm. like, and so I think like the audience just felt like emboldened to play back at him. Mm-hmm. But it's like they don't always feel that way because you're the audience, right? So like if he asks mm-hmm. you a question, it's one thing. But to like try to argue back and forth and to like try to play along and like take the spotlight, like it was just really derailing the show and also just really disrespectful to him as a performer. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that just like, those are, those concerns were not being addressed either. So that's why he left the show Mm. ultimately. Um, and then you just, the only original cast left are the two white women. And so they kind of just had to close the show. That's how white women be. (laughs) Look, they were, they were hanging in there, man. (laughs) They were trying, but yeah, it was, it was filled with controversy, but oh man, that show was so funny. Like the show started off, like one of the things that he didn't mention in the lawsuit, which I wish he would have, was like one of the opening scenes in the show is me and the other black woman like playing neighbors mm-hmm. who are kind of gossiping about like, oh, the white, our white neighbors walk by and we're like really nice to them. And then when they leave, we'd like talk shit about them. Yeah. <laughs> and so the white man plays a cop. And so when he leaves, the things I say about him, the white man as a cop, yeah, horrific. <laughs> that would have made a much juicier lawsuit. Like one of the lines that like was improvised, like one night we improvised to this line and it was just so unanimous among the whole cast, I'm sure except for this one man, but like the director of the audience, like the stage, everybody was just like, this is the best way to end this scene, which uh-huh. was, I'm going to cut him up into little pieces and bake him into a casserole. (laughs) And everyone's like, that's it. That's That's the line. That's the line. That is the line. And it's just like, you could have talked about me cutting you up into little pieces. You didn't even mm -hmm. have to put the casserole in there. You could have been like, she threatened to literally cut me up into little pieces multiple times, because that's true. I did it every single night, six nights a week. (laughs) For months and months and months. It's the trauma. And called him a cracker ass honky, like right before 
or like pig pig ass honky. I forget what I called them. Cracker ass pigs, something like that. I don't remember what I called them, but I called them all like I don't know, man. I just I had notes for this lawsuit, which is the main mm-hmm. reason why I wanted to do this bonus episode is to like yeah. give feedback on ways that this could have been funnier <laughs> and more enjoyable for everyone. Maybe it would have gone to trial if it sounded like if I sounded like a fun person to have on the stand. Maybe yep. the judge would have been like, "This is dumb," but also. I would like to hear, I have questions for this young lady. She sounds like a hoot and a half. You know what, when I heard um, what the audience doesn't know is that I meant I hate white people, that's what made me go, this is the greatest mind of our generation. It's a great tag. I stand by the tag. It's a hilarious tag. When you get the full story, it's so funny. Yeah. It's so funny. Uh, that is what I, if I was a judge, I would have been like, I, I want to hear more. <laughs> I wish they, I wish they would, I just honestly wish they would have called like, just the full show in as evidence so we could just like mm. as a as a courtroom just like watch the full two hours and count the amount of times I call him a cracker or a honky or a threaten to kill his white honky ass like I don't know the thing oh also the claim about like it being a white ass show it was like the least white show so I can see <laughs> like it was nothing but yeah. me and like the other black girl just like screaming nigga at the top of our lungs <laughs> shooting white people like it was the least white show that like we were always so shocked at how how much they let us get away with on that show 16 that is that is absurd in an improv theater at the second city on the residence just say no black box theater this is like the stage that the tourists are paying to come see for that like and it's just like me and this is like cussing out Rahman. Like we drag Rahm Emanuel. We have like an eight minute song about like how much we fucking hate Rahm Emanuel. And we like spray so painted a dick on his face. We had like a big picture of him and we just like spray painted a dick on it every night because yeah. it was dry erase spray paint. So we were just like going to draw different dicks on his face every fucking night. <laughs> Fuck Rahm Emanuel every fucking night. And every night we were waiting for him to come. And he, we knew, I think he sent people to come watch it, but he never came himself. But it was a it was a really long song and it was really good. <laughs> That's so fucking funny. The show had that some is hits. So fucking funny. It's lost media now. I don't know. It probably burned in a second city fire. Well, that happened before. But if there's, <laughs> I don't know. It's probably they probably burned it themselves. They don't they, ever yeah. want that to see the light of day. Uh, well, now I'm gonna beg the Library of Congress to carry it. I think you should. I think we should start a change.org petition. Release the the red line. Red Release red the red line. <laughs> some good stuff in there. This was absolutely enlightening oh okay. my pleasure i'm glad i'm glad it, i got this off my chest i needed to i'm so glad that you wanted to come on this podcast. yeah i'm <laughs> just happy that you could share it somewhere you know? <laughs> yeah this is like very niche audience cares about improv drama <laughs> so when you mentioned it i was like oh wow that's so weird you know what that was for a while is the most popular episode the one that i did about io because like, that's a really funny like that's i think that's I found the podcast through a different episode, but when I saw that there was an episode of IO, I was like, that's hilarious. <laughs> Gotta listen. <laughs> There's an audience for everything. And, so, and also, it's just worth it to just share. Because this, I'm going back to being shocked and horrified. This is just, like, so dumb, right? It, it's, it's so... really crazy, like, that, that, that so many people could see that and be like, this is legitimate. Mm-hmm. But I, I do feel like at the time, the majority of people who saw it were like, this looks stupid. Even like with no context, they were like, mm-hmm. that seems dumb. But also yeah. enlightening. It's, hey, man. It enlightens one to the human condition. <laughs> That's, it's, it's this anthropological. 
Yeah. Oh, that's that's exactly how I'm going to market it. <laughs> yeah, please. I'm an academic. I'm trying to rebrand. <laughs> Nobody takes me seriously because I improv. So like, I'm actually a scientist. Mm-hmm. Well, is, do you have any final thoughts on this uh, ordeal, this situation? Any reflections? Any, um, I'm not going to say that improv is a human trafficking cult, but... You're not, not going to say that. I'm not going to not say that as well. So... <laughs> that's all I have to say. You heard it here first. Don't let them take you across state lines. That's the warning. Don't get on that fucking cruise ship. Don't do it. Don't get them. <laughs> don't let them take you into international waters. Don't, don't do it. Don't let any. Uh, this is even a second city thing at this point. Don't let any improv or theater thing take you into international oh, waters. Oh, no, in general. If it says improv yeah. anywhere near it, do not let them take you into international waters. Period. But yeah, other than that, bye, guys. <laughs> bye. <laughs> that's it. Goodbye. <laughs> 